This podcast is brought to you by Connect First Credit Union. Today, we have a really, really exciting show, a very special guest that we'll introduce in a few moments, but maybe to set things up a little bit, have you ever wondered or thought about where something's made and where problems are being solved and who is behind the solving of those problems? And often, you know, we sometimes think, and I hate to say this, this is maybe just be a part of our Canadian psyche, somehow that if it's done elsewhere, it might be better. You know, often in the technology world, we've thought that in the past, you know, like the big GAFA giants, Google, Apple, Facebook, etc. you know, they are becoming these hyper-globalized companies that are solving problems for the world on, you know, the billion-person scale, etc. And sometimes that's true, although we do have starting to see some great Canadian companies that are really starting to challenge that, right here in Alberta, for that matter. Stats coming out recently suggesting over 3,000 technology companies now based here. But when you think about, like, industries at large, there's so many great things happening right here at home, in Alberta, every day, in Canada, every day. And sometimes we don't always recognize that. You know, I've been very privileged in the roles I've had in the last several years to have an opportunity to meet some of probably the most inspiring entrepreneurs, business owners, business people I could ever imagine to build relationships with. And they're inspiring because not only are they solving some big, big problems and big, big challenges here, they're doing it with very much a local focus. And when I say local, I mean, it's made in Canada, made in Alberta, it's made in Calgary, it's made in Tabor, it's made in Claire's home, it's made wherever. The point is, is that it's not always that somehow if it's made elsewhere, it's better. In fact, so often it's the exact opposite. And our guest that we've got with us today here is going to maybe talk to us a little bit about that. You know, the other issue is, you know, we have a lot of problems to solve in our future. And some of them are going to be daunting, but I don't think any of them are unsolvable. And certainly, I think one of the big trends that we're seeing in our economy, in business here in Alberta is much more of a focus of, like, there's so much we can do right here that uh, we have to stop waiting for others to uh, create our future for us. We have to do it right here at home, certainly at Connect First Credit Union. It's one of the angles we've been taking over and over again is to say, like, you know, why can't we be the best credit union in the world? Like, why can't we solve some of the biggest challenges in financial services around how impersonal banking has often become, how disconnected transactional banking has become from people and actually solving problems? We want to turn that on its head. So I can't think of a better guest than Connor Curran, chief laundry operator of Local Laundry and I have to tell you, that's the best title I've ever heard. It's the first time I've ever met a chief laundry operator in my entire career. It's a CLO, actually. That's a, that's a pretty cool title, actually. And Connor has been solving some unique problems himself. He's really built something special. So, Connor, without further ado, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. I am so honored to have you here. But, you know, we got to go right to the beginning because, sure. you know, as we start to tell our audience a little bit about the business you've built, which is pretty special. Thank you. You've got to learn a little bit about the man who has created <laughs> it. So tell our audience a little bit about who you are, Connor. Like you mentioned, my name's Connor Curran, and I'm uh, one of the co-owners of Local Honorary. For those that don't know, Local Honorary is uh, Canadian-made garments for social good. I started the business back in 2015 while I was studying abroad in Sweden for my MBA. And it was after I lost a pretty nasty fight with a washing machine. <laughs> my wife and I lived in this tiny, That's tiny awesome. little Swedish house, and we had this tiny, tiny little Swedish laundry machine. And after a nasty bout with it, I just thought, you know, what if everyone's laundry could truly be local? We we're all into local beer, local food, 
but what if everything in our closet, including our laundry, could be local? And that kind of set me down a, a rabbit hole into cool. figuring out how to make that happen. So let's maybe take a step back. You went to Sweden to do your MBA. I haven't heard very many people <laughs> have with that experience. So what took you there and what, what were you doing there? I went to business school here in Canada. I went to business school out in Nova Scotia, St. Francis Xavier University. and Great school. Uh, yeah, fantastic school. And everyone out there, you know, kind of said, what, what were you going to do when you graduate? And just growing up in Calgary, I, I knew I was going to work in oil and gas and I was going to do business things in oil and gas. And people say, what are you going to do in, in oil and gas? I, I have no idea. Business things. <laughs> so I went and I found a job in that. oil and gas and quickly learned, you know, the ins and outs of that industry. And then in 2014, I learned one of the, the biggest ins and outs is I got laid off. I got kicked out. <laughs> so I got laid off and there I was, didn't know what I wanted to do, didn't know if I wanted to stick with this industry. And it was there that I had a great talk with my wife and said, you know what, let's go away for a year. I've always wanted to live in Sweden. I'm absolutely obsessed with Sweden. I think they're living in the future. And you see all these things of these reports coming out of it's the happiest place in the world. They're so technologically advanced. So I was like, I got to go experience this. So thankfully, I got accepted into uh, an MBA program there. My wife and I, we packed up our bags. And my wife had never even been to Europe before. Wow. And it's not like we were in Stockholm. We were in like a teeny tiny oh, town really? in northern Sweden. And so we just hopped on So you on didn't plane. escape our weather by any chance. Oh, no, 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 no. And it's darker there and oh, colder there. Really? But, you know, it was there that I really kind of, what is it that I want to do with my life? That's where I kind of really turned and looked to my inspiration, which my two biggest people of inspiration was my parents, right? My parents are from Ireland. They immigrated to this country uh, at the age of 19, no money, no education. And they did what all Irish immigrants do when they come to this country. They opened up an Irish pub. What else do you do? But I saw through them how they're able to build a life for themselves, become their own bosses, but also use that business as a vehicle to give back to the community. So they're right very on. involved with yeah. bringing new Canadians to this country, getting them set up, bringing their families over. So not only were they able to use their business as a way to build a life for themselves, but as a way to give back to the community. And that really inspired me to want to do something similar. Right on. So they lived the real Canadian dream and you're following through and doing it yourself, which is pretty, yeah. pretty darn cool. So let's talk a little bit about local laundry. So yeah. you said it was born out of uh, frustration with a tiny washing machine in your, oh, your flat in Sweden. Yeah. So what was the inspiration? Tell us the story. <laughs> it was a house. It was a one-bedroom house on the front lawn of the Swedish doctor's house. And this tiny one-bedroom thing had this tiny little washing machine that was in the shower. And every time you did a little laundry, that thing danced all over the bathroom, all over the top. So my wife and I basically had to like sit on top of the laundry machine to stop it from dancing. And it was the bane of our existence. So it was after, you know, one night I lost a pretty nasty fight with it. And it, it just kind of dawned on me, you know, like every time I'd introduce myself, say, I'm Connor, I'm from Canada. They'd say, that's amazing. Tell us about Canada. And then I'd tell them all about it. And I thought, what if we could have laundry that really represented where I come from? And yes, I know we all got our hockey jerseys and, and there's those terrible garments at the airport, you know, I Heart Canada with a cartoon moose and an RCMP yeah. uniform. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that doesn't speak to me totally. and my values you know, as a young person, first-generation Canadian. So I wanted to create something that really kind of spoke to my values and what I believe Canada and Canadians stood for, right? So I just did what anyone does when they don't know how to do something. I just Google searched how to make a t-shirt company. And then there was a lot of articles, a lot of books that were suggested, and I didn't want to read all those. So I did what everyone else does when you come across that. I went to YouTube, and I watched a YouTube video, and I watched a 30-minute step-by-step video put up by Shopify on how to start your own t-shirt company. I was just like, this is amazing. So I just followed all the steps that were outlined in the video. And within 48 hours later, and 50 bucks later, I had an online t-shirt company. 
you know, it was all utilizing drop shipping and everything. And so I was living in Sweden. The shirts were getting made in LA at the time and then right. getting shipped to Calgary. So it was really a global kind of thing. True global, <laughs> actually three country company. Yeah. And you built that in one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was pretty crazy to me. And it goes to show you, and it's something that I always kind of preach. Like if you have an idea, stop talking about it and go do it. Cause how many times have you met wannabe entrepreneurs that tell you this great magical idea yeah. or they don't tell you because yeah. they're afraid you're going to steal it. <laughs> and then you talk to them six months later and how's the business going? And so yeah. I haven't started yet. Yeah. I, I'm a they want it to perfect. be perfect. And yeah. Blah, yeah. Me, I was just maybe just young and naive and I was just like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> Believe me, I had no business getting into the fashion world, e-commerce, didn't know the first thing about any of that world. But I had this urge, this curiosity just to learn and discover. And it was so fun. Those early days, it was like putting a puzzle together. And yeah, there was a lot of things I didn't know how to do, but then I'd Google that and watch a YouTube video <laughs> on that. And you just piece it all together. And then you get that first sale. Okay, the first one's your dad. And he feels bad. So <laughs> right <on. laughs> I don't think uh. the man's ever worn that shirt. You know, but God love him. He's going to support me, right? Uh. But then you, you get that second or third and you look this person up. You creep them out on LinkedIn, Instagram. You're like, I definitely don't know this person. Right. And that feeling that you get that someone out there believes in some element of your idea, right? Because you took nothing and nothing else and put it together and you created something. And some stranger out there believes in that something that you created out of nothing. And that feeling was just so intoxicating. <laughs> you know, $30 sale. You get a little cha-ching on your phone. I was hooked. Well, that after is that. so awesome. It's all I could think about. So when was the moment where it went from something you were trying out to where you realized this is a business I'm going to make a go of and I'm going to build this thing? When I first realized that probably came, we were walking not too far from here. So we lived in Sweden, moved back. I was just kind of doing it on the side and that kind of thing. And I was walking with my wife down in Inglewood. Okay. Nice summer day. Yeah. Everyone's out. Everyone's happy. And I look across the street and there's some guy, again, no idea who it was. <laughs> And he was wearing one of our shirts. So I could cool. see the YYC design. And I swear, I just dropped whatever I had and I stopped and I stared. This poor man probably thought I was the biggest creep <laughs> ever because I just stood and watched him walk a whole block down Inglewood. And I was in disbelief. And that feeling that I got, then it just took over. And I said, you know what? I think we're onto something. And that's when, around the time I got connected with my business partner, Dustin, Dustin Paisley, he kind of saw the same vision that I, that I yep. saw. Let's make our laundry local. Let's make something that gives back, that builds community, that connects and collaborates with others. And it just, it took over my mind. I dropped everything else. You know, I was a big basketball player, coaching. I used to party all the time. Like I gave up alcohol. I gave up any kind wow. of extracurricular activities, anything that wasn't health, family, or local laundry, I dropped entirely. I became obsessed <laughs> wow. Wow. So how long ago was that that you went all in? Like you've literally gone all in. So this was about 2000. So I started the company about 2015. Now, when I came back, we put every penny back into the company. So we're very proud to say that we've never had any outside investment, no capital. The most dust I've That's ever cool. put into this company is about a thousand bucks to buy our first run of real garments after we got off the drop shipping model. And it's been self-sufficient ever since. So that first couple of years, you know, I worked full time at, at another great local tech company, Benevity here in oh, town. Oh, yeah fantastic company, fantastic group of people. And they really inspired me to really put that give back component, you know, on hyperdrive. And so for two years, we put every penny back into the company and didn't take anything out. And then about 2017, Dustin and I had a meeting and I just said, like, I think I can pay myself. Like, I think we're making <laughs> enough money that we can pay myself. 
And that's when I jumped ship, went full-time with it. And I'm so happy to say, Dustin, he's worked five years without ever paying himself. And he's finally, the last couple yeah. of months, he's jumped ship and he's full-time with us now. That is awesome. You know, and it's so amazing. You were, we were talking a little bit before the show about the relationship you have with your partner there with Dustin. Yeah. And like, that's so special. So tell us, like, how did you know he was the one? <laughs> yeah. You have to look at a business partner as if you're entering a marriage. That's really how Dustin and I treat our relationship. So many times you look at all these great businesses, and the number one reason these businesses, startups, small businesses, high growth, why they fail is business partner relationship. Yeah, totally. Ego gets in the way. They were best friends. The, the relationship dynamic changed. My idea is better than your idea. I own this much. I'm the CEO, blah, blah, blah. Right from the very get-go, Dustin and I laid out our vision, our shared vision, not only for the company, but what we wanted out of the company and the shared vision for what we wanted to do. Ever since then, we laid that vision out and we both agreed on it and that was that. And ever since then, anytime something comes up, he has an idea, I have an idea, he wants to go one way, I want to go another way. We always go back to that, what's best for the vision? Right on. What's going to get us to that vision? And you have to work on it. You have to work on it as much as your relationship with your partner. It's not easy at times, but... If you put in the work, it's a magical thing that can happen, you know? And just to have someone that cares so much yeah. about the same thing you care about is absolutely incredible. And I honestly don't think I would have made it half as far as I did without Dustin or the rest of our core team around us. Yeah. So uh, I'm very thankful that he just kind of came into my life. So you're quickly becoming, well, you already have become, I think, a little bit of a local business icon <laughs> in, in uh, Calgary for sure. <laughs> But for those members of our audience who aren't familiar with Local Laundry, tell us the story. Like, what's the value proposition? Why do I want to shop with you? Definitely. So right from the very beginning, you know, we are all about building community, bringing people together, collaborating, sharing stories, donating back to local charities, working, collaborating with others. So I went full-time in 2017, and right around that time, we kind of took a real hard look at the business and say, where is this business going? We had some really great success with this YYC design. That's what kind of took off at first. And we started having a hard look at ourselves and saying, how are we going to make this business in the long term? What's going to give us longevity? Right and we saw a bunch of other companies that they were doing. They had a cool design. And the thing that terrified Dustin and I most is that we are not cool people. We are not fashionistas. <laughs> and we were terrified that one day we were going to wake up and people were going to realize two very <laughs> uncool people are running this supposedly cool brand. So we were worried, what if one day this YYC design isn't cool? Then what? Then we have to come up with another design. Let's come up with a way that gives us a little bit more longevity, a little bit more substance. So people, they kept asking, you guys are called Local Laundry. Where's your stuff made? Where's your stuff made? Where's your stuff made? And we always had a, our hats were getting made in China or sweaters in Bangladesh or T-shirts in Mexico. And we took a real hard look at ourselves and said, you know what? In order to really make this a powerful thing that can enact some real positive change, we have to go Canadian made. And that was a very scary thing for us because Canadian made just on its own is so much more expensive. Right. And the reason it's more expensive is because not the materials, it's the labor. You're paying Canadian labor, right. Canadian wages. In our research, one of the stats that we found was that prior to 1989, over 70% of all clothing consumed in this country was made here right in Canada. On. Yeah. Now you fast forward to 2015, less than 4.8% of all clothing yeah. bought and sold here Incredible. in Canada is made in Canada. We saw that the increased price, the increased cost. We didn't see that as a negative. We saw that as an opportunity because now if you can build your business in such a way that you're not like everyone else, you're not just a cool design on the same garment that hundreds of other companies are printing on, but now you actually stand for something. Now the big guys couldn't compete with us. You know, we weren't going to try and compete with them on price. 
we're not going to try and compete on them on being the coolest. We're going to compete with them on doing the right things. So now we're in this whole other category all on our own. Right on. That's kind of been the big key differentiator for us is supporting Canadian-made garments and the environmental impact, the economic. And not only that, but we're on a mission to donate a million dollars to local charities by 2030. Yeah. We're about a tenth of the way there. <laughs> not bad, though. Not bad. <laughs> Pretty incredible, actually, what you've done. And in terms of other product qualities, tell us, is there a difference with products made here? Oh, big time. So the first thing that, that we started to notice when we made that switch is the quality. The quality went through the roof. And that's because you're paying skilled Canadians who this is their full-time gig and they have high Canadian standards. You take the Made in Canada brand, I don't care what it is, clothing, beer, you name it. It has such an appeal on a global scale. And that Made in Canada brand stands for quality, sustainability, responsibly made, responsibly sourced. You don't have to look any further than, you know, one of our biggest inspirations is Canada Goose. They make yeah. incredible garments. And only 25% of all their sales comes from Canada. The rest is international sales. So right away, just by making that one switch, wow. our quality went through the roof. And what that does is that means your garment's going to last longer. Gone are the days of those fast fashion or, or even companies, right? Making those cheap shirts that nobody wants to wear, nobody looks good in, right? Yeah. And they end up in our pajama pile right. after one or two uses. And so you replace with a garment that people look good, they feel good, but it's going to last for many, many years to come. That's the first aspect is the quality just goes through the roof. And so how did you get onto the type of thinking of making more custom clothing? These opportunities just kept coming to us. People were coming <laughs> and say, hey, can we print our logo on your shirt? Can we do this? Can we do that? And we're going, no, don't do that. That's not what we do. We make our own clothes. And they just kept coming and asking. And then finally, Dustin and I had a conversation and said, are we being silly here? Are we turning down potentially a lot of, a lot of revenue, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of good money here? And so we decided to, to dip our toes in it and try one thing out after another. And it served us really, really well you know, creating custom Canadian-made garments for organizations that share and believe in the same values that we believe in. One of the things that's, I think, quite impressive, too, is you've been very smart, I think, about who you've partnered with and who you collaborate with. Share your philosophies around how you built those relationships and why that's important to you. Definitely. Well, Dustin and I, we, we have a lot of conversations, as you can tell. We're chatting with each other and say, what are we good at? You know, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a designer. I'm not this. I'm not that. What are we good at? And we took a deep, hard look at ourselves. And the one thing we realized that we're good at is, is building relationships, connecting with people. And we treat every single person we interact with, a customer, our manufacturing partners, our accountant, our lawyer, you name it. You know, we truly value those relationships. Our manufacturer, they were one of their smallest clients, but they were one of their favorites. And for the simple reason, they say we're their only client that says thank you. Hmm. Imagine a simple thing just as saying thank you. I think of that gets really lost in a lot of business today. You have a supplier, yeah. you have a customer, and you take that yeah. relationship for granted. So every single person we come in contact with, we really invest in that relationship. Love that. And so if you're not willing to make that investment with us, that's a clear-cut sign. You know, we've worked with, you know, retail partners, you know, that are just buyers. Say, hey, I need 100 hoodies by tomorrow. And I'd be on the phone and say, okay, sure. What are you up to this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> you know? How, how are things? You know, what's your dog's name? And, th and they wouldn't have the time yeah. of day. So that, you know, is a clear indication, okay, they don't value our relationship the same way that we do. Maybe they're not going to be a good fit. And so what ends up happening is you build these really long-term, authentic, genuine relationships. And these people are becoming your biggest fans, ambassadors, but also they become your biggest friends. 
we've been very thankful. You know, we wouldn't have been able to get halfway where we were without the support of our community, both from the customers, every single partner we've ever worked with, and they're there to support us when we need them as well. So one of the elements that is so important to us is community and supporting the communities we work in, we live in at Connect First. And I think what I really love about your story, there's so many parallels with our story and your story, which mm. I think is lovely. Tell us about the community you've grown here in Calgary and the momentum you've got around that. Yeah, I think it's so important. So when we first started, you know, I moved back from Sweden, just finished my MBA, no money. We had no money to put in this thing. <laughs> Traditionally, when you start a company, you start you yeah, know, marketing sure. and pump into digital ads yeah. and hire, you know, the best, whatever. And so we had no money. So what do you do when you have no money, but you want to grow the business? You have to go out and hit the pavement and actually connect with people one right person on. at a time. Right. So on. we would reach out to other people who, who were just starting out. Photographers, athletes, artists, other businesses, coffee shops, breweries, you know, you name it. And say, hey. We're local laundry, we're Canadian Made Garments for Social Good or trying to build community. I love what you do. You seem to share the same values. Do you want to collaborate somehow? They can be anything from a guest blog to a photo shoot to let's create some custom garments. Let's do a charitable campaign. And we got pretty aggressive in meeting as many people as we can and working with as many as people can. And more importantly, sharing their story. Hey, right guys, on. this is such and such brewery. This is the amazing things that they do. Guys, check out this artist, you know, blah, right blah, 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 blah. And by telling all their story, we told our own story. Right and on. slowly, one by one person at a time, you know, we started to build this community around us, this community of support. And not all of them were buying sweaters or not all of them. It was more than that. It's about going back to, like what I said, like building those relationships. And then you say, yeah. hey, you need a, a photographer? Check out this guy we just met. Or, hey, you looking for a place to shoot? Or are you looking for a great beer? Like, check it. And we would start making the connections to everyone else. That's really our philosophy about building communities is... Make no mistake, but we all want the same thing, so why not help each other get there? That's our philosophy. <laughs> so before I get to my last two questions, sure. for our audience who now are saying, hey, we want in, we want to source your product, be a part of this, what do they need to know? Absolutely. So you can check us out at localaundry.ca, check us out on Instagram, but I think the most important thing is when you're making decisions, whether it's buying something online or at the grocery store or, you know, you're at a company and you're sourcing is check your labels, really understand where things coming from. What's the impact, both on the economic side, you know, the labor side, who made this, but also the environmental side and the quality side as well. So just the simple act of checking labels can really drastically change the way you look at things and, yeah. and the way you interact with the world. I know me personally, I become the worst person to shop for because I won't buy anything unless it's made in Canada specific clothes like i'm talking like my glasses my boots socks underwear right on pants everything so i'm the worst person to buy for when it comes to christmas or my birthday <laughs> my family get me lovely gifts and i say this is fantastic where was this made and they go, well, here we go but when people vote with their yeah. wallets and yeah. they vote to support it has you know, a real impact it has a real impact you're putting a vote out there for the type of world that you want right. to live in right, right? so that's what i would say i love it localhonor.ca check your labels so we're on a bit of a quest ourselves. Like we're coming from a place where, in our view, financial institutions have become a little bit cold. They're, they're not well connected. In fact, I think some research we just recently did said it's a surprisingly high percentage of the Alberta population feels like they don't really have a relationship or don't, aren't connected with their banks. So we're trying to reimagine ourselves and redesign a credit union for the 2020s. And do you have advice for us on how you would recommend we do that here at Connect First? I think you guys are doing all the right things. I really do believe that by putting the relationship first, by putting the community first and being a community-minded brand, 
I think you guys are, are doing the right things, even just by these little things, by giving a small business like myself a platform like this to share our story and, and to connect with others. That would be my advice. And find ways that you can connect those people and build that community. And sometimes they're going to turn into customers. Otherwise, sometimes they might not. But it's a compounding effect is what we've learned. We've learned that the small little things that we've done years and years ago yeah. that, you know, we totally forgot about have come back and paid off dividends, you know, 10, 20, 100 times. And so value those relationships. And there's no relationship too big or too small that you can't put right a lot on. of emphasis on. But you guys are doing an amazing job. And we're so thankful to partner with you. Thank you, Connor. And I did not pay you to say that. No, but I really no. appreciate your feedback. I, and that means a lot to us. I think we have a lot in common in how we think about building relationships for the long term. Definitely. So in our audience, you know, we're hoping to inspire those future entrepreneurs, those future business leaders, those Albertans, those Calgarians, those folks in Lethbridge, wherever, who are thinking about the future and how yeah. we can make it better and build the best businesses for the future. What advice would you give to them? Recognizing a lot of those folks are probably sitting there saying, it's intimidating to go start a business. It's it scary. Any advice? My biggest advice is just stop talking about it and go do it. <laughs> Honestly, it is intimidating. It is scary. And the thing that, I, that we've learned is that sometimes the idea that you have in your head, your business plan, nothing goes according to business plan. And you don't know if you have a good business, a good product, a good idea until the market tells you a good idea. So if you get out there, produce, get to market as cheaply and as quickly as possible, build that MVP, that minimal viable product, and just build that airplane after you jumped off the cliff because so many times, you know, we can get paralysis by analysis where yeah. you just, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Make a decision, stop talking about it and just go do it. And you'll learn so much. Even if it doesn't pan out, you'll learn so much. And if you're not having fun, then what's the point? Stop talking about it, go do it. Make sure you have fun while you're doing it though. Connor, any final words for our audience? No, just thank you so much everyone for listening. Thank you so much for not only supporting local, supporting small business, but most important, supporting all things Canadian made from beer, to boots, to food, to clothing, everything. So it means a lot to everyone. And not only the businesses, but the people who work within the businesses, but that entire supply chain, that entire Canadian supply chain. So thank you for supporting local. Thank you for supporting Canadian Made. Thank you, Connor. Thank you for being here. Next steps. You know, I have to say, Connor's probably one of the best guests we've ever had. Now, we've had some great guests, so it's not an offense to anybody who hasn't been here before. But, you know, Connor just brings such great energy and enthusiasm. And that just do it attitude he brings is just, well, it's just inspiring. And in so many ways, it's exactly the same kind of spirit that we want to be taking in the financial services industry. You know, like we seriously have leaned into this idea that we can reinvent a credit union and make it really work for Alberta and really work for the 2020s. And we're diving in literally as we speak. Signs are coming off the buildings. We're putting up new signs that say connect first on them. We've reimagined how we work. We've reimagined how we show up in the communities because we want to get back to the roots of what make a credit union great and what made them great and why they were here in the darkest times of our province's past. And many communities across this province are so reliant on their credit unions that we want to make credit unions literally great again. And we're going to be doing that in the years ahead. You know, a couple other pieces of advice that uh, Connor left with us that really resonate with me is check your label. Thinking about, you know, where the products that you source, you buy, come from are really, really important and has a big impact on sustainability, the environment, all so many angles as Connor was sharing with us. The same is true in financial services. Like uh, the parallels here are just 
incredible to me because you can deal with any global or national bank and get some products from them. That's great. But, you know, where they reinvest those profits are completely out of your hands. And it's going to be wherever globally they can chase the best return on capital. When you're dealing with a credit union, the profits from whatever business you might be doing with them are reinvested in the communities. They turn around and they hire people in your communities. They invest in supporting community initiatives and community organizations. And they build relationships with you and the communities you live in. So, when you're dealing with a credit union, they're invested in your future because it's their future too. And uh, I think Connor just brought light to how important checking your label is. And I'd love to completely steal that from you, Connor, for uh, some kind of marketing campaign in the future in, in our business. I'm just teasing. We won't do that. That's pretty good. But with that, if you liked what you heard today, share it with your network. Be sure to subscribe. And thank you for listening. We are going to see you next time on What's Next Alberta. What's Next Alberta.